welcome to solo cooper's podcast folks and today we are dreaming actually this is all a dream so what you have to do is just go back a level up in the dream and subscribe and like and share to the podcast and if you don't subscribe to the podcast your time will start reversing and you'll go back in time when you'll realize that you were already subscribed so what were you even <laughs> talking about so welcome welcome to this Christopher Nolan nitpicking uh, kind of criticizing special we, we are all Nolan cults we have that's our teenage that's our adult life and i especially am i was a Nolan cult still admire Nolan but not really that blind of a cult fanboy to you know uh, skip through his weaknesses and weak points but i'm not a film critic myself so i have got someone who is an absolute legend of film companion you must be knowing him he needs no introduction bharadwaj rangan sir thank you very much for joining the podcast you've been very kind with your time that that i'm going to if i become a superhero that's going to be my title legend of film companion i i love that <laughs> this kind of uh, thank you so much for your epitaph <laughs> yeah, yeah legend of film companion wow it's like <laughs> thanks so much no i've seen your uh, interviews with uh, maniratnam and and all that and it's just that's that's my weekend mornings when i'm cooking and doing dishes and yeah i'm you've been you've been my companion and so i'm so my, glad that i'm your, i'm your kitchen companion forget film companion i'm like i'm your kitchen companion that's great absolutely so, sir there is a reason why i invited you here because i read <laughs> i read this wonderful piece on interstellar that you had written you know what it is and i i i suggest fans to read it to get the context of it and i'll straight away jump into it you said that nolan simply makes simple stories look complex he literally inflates the genres with his own little complexity and after doing that he's patting his back for having uh, confused the audience is that is that what you're trying to get at so let me explain uh, my my relationship with nolan so to speak so mm. so uh, following uh, memento uh, prestige insomnia great 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 stuff i'm like wow this is a genuinely interesting director uh you know who's kind of doing all these these very very uh, insomnia especially i think is a very underrated film because uh uh it's easy to like prestige because there's so much of tricks and it's like it's breathtaking the way it's pulled off but insomnia is again a very very simple like cop killer kind of movie like a uh, cop versus uh, killer we've seen tons and tons and tons of those movies it's like it's practically like like done to death even in india we've seen so many of those films mm. but to kind of infuse that that texture the coldness the the, the way the, the characters are written the way the, the the al pacino and robin williams characters are written it, it, it's really a very nice movie but what happened is around uh, i think it was the remake of some swedish movie if i'm not wrong uh, yeah, yeah 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 so so uh, so till then i'm like wow this guy is amazing like prestige is my like like my all time favorite nolan movie because it's just so beautifully constructed like like lit- like a little intricate swiss toy box kind of a thing i love that right but then he starts this this batman movie uh, the dark knight and again let me tell you he i don't think that he's ever made a bad movie in his life right what so my point is not that he makes bad movies definitely not he's a very intelligent filmmaker he's like really got like a unique signature and all that kind of stuff but what i don't from batman onwards what what kind of bugs me about his movie is that the elegance of his earlier films is not there anymore it's almost as if suddenly somebody is saying look i'm an important filmmaker i can't make those films anymore i have to make like this really serious like embedded with philosophies kind of film you know mm. and 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 sometimes it works sometimes it really really works but sometimes it just looks like 
he's pushing too much to kind of be taken seriously like an interstellar like you you have the scientists you're already showing this 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 mad demon character they're landing on that ice planet right and you're already showing this mad demon character there and he's kind of representing man at his worst because mm. he's like i just give like i don't give a shit about you i just want my survival so he's representing man at his worst but then you what you you really have to go and name him m a n n man like so that you know we we get that that's like pushing it too hard for some philosophical uh like like a uh, heft you know that's the kind of stuff that that bugs me about him not so i think like so i watched all his films multiple times and yeah. and, and except tenet of course which i was like i have i have a history with that film that that's the like one one jinx that keeps going because when it was in theaters i had covid and all kinds of things happen and i don't want to see it like on my tv mm. um, you know and at some some point i'll have to break it and watch it but but what i'm trying to say is that that this this is what bugs me about about him it's like you're a damn cool filmmaker you have the coolest ideas in in like in pop commercial cinema right now yeah but yeah. he somehow wants to be stanley kubrick and i'm like mm. why why what what is that ambition everything you you're already this very cool very unique director why are you trying to be somebody else you know why are you trying to have all this 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 philosophical heft that is like some amount of philosophical heft is there mm. in the premise itself but you're trying to like stuff it with so much that your films become inflated yeah that's my problem with it. That's, you stuff that's the only problem you yeah. stuff it with poetries you stuff it with uh, you know the monologues of yeah. love how it transforms through time and so on yeah and and my god the characters keep saying the same things over and over and over like like the man there's a difference between like and 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 believe me this is a problem we talk about usually with indian cinema right in tamil cinema for for example we keep saying oh my god why do you need so much exposition mm. why do you need so much stuff but here uh like it's very rare to find a major filmmaker rely so much on exposition right it's very rare because like you look at a scorsese film or something like that he won't tell you everything you know he'll kind of sometimes show you or lay it out in a scene or something like that here every single thing is underlined by a dialogue just so that we don't miss it mm. and and it's not even a voice over so it's not a parallel thing either it's the exact same thing Can I said. can I tell you one example? Uh, yeah. Right in right before that wormhole scene in the Interstellar, this guy literally takes out a paper and pencil and explain him about the wormhole. When the wormhole is right there, it's like explaining a heart surgeon about the structure of heart right before yeah. a heart surgery, <laughs> so that the audience can yeah. understand. Yeah. So it's like it's like it's like if you guys didn't know about that, you wouldn't be there that deep mm. in space. Yeah. You know. So either do it. like right bef- like at the start or something and then you know start because the way he does it is very cool because he pierces a pencil and you know that yeah. that that's again very cool like it's very cool isn't that what he does he pierces the pencil yep. or something if i'm not exactly. mistaken yeah yep, yep, yep. yeah but 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 why do like at that point that such a like a bag of unrelated and 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 insulting information to the people in the uh, like in yeah. there because yeah. yes you are telling it to matthew mcconaughey who is not technically an astronaut and all that and and therefore you you kind of justify mm. but that man if he did not wormhole is such an elementary concept in uh, in that kind physics. of physics yeah. that if you don't know that you're not going to be in space dude because they can't just take a corn farmer and suddenly put him in a spacecraft and send him mm. there's some time lapse you know and this man has learned about and he he plants characters that ask the questions on behalf of the audience like for example the ellen page char- character in the inception 
yeah so that's again something that 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 what about this so his his way of thinking is mm. goddamn genius it's it's just incredible that a mind can work like this it's like it's the most brilliant mind we right now working in the movies you know mm. in terms of pure thinking and in terms of plot structure i would compare him with people like jk rowling who i have the greatest respect for because you know the way she had that entire harry potter universe inside her head over seven books is just mind blowing for me because you may not like her writing style mm. you may not like some 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 of the things but the way she had that entire world in her head over seven books uh, is just one of the great pop culture things that i've ever ever seen because you know i i consumed those books like mad and every time i read those books i was like oh my god she already knew in book 1 that book 3 was this was going to happen in book 3 oh my god then i'm in book 4 and you know she's predicted this kind of hinted at this in just like that the way she had that yeah that that requires a very amazing kind of brain you know and mm. and there are few people who have it and this guy is one of them mm. so it it kind of i think frustrates me to see that he has this amazing amazing uh, yeah. uh, uh ability but at the same time he kind of uh overdoes the 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 explaining part but then to be fair he does say that he admits to this exposition and he says that when he makes the kind of films that he does he says that the audience uh, uh you know needs that kind of exposition because you know you're talking to a commercial mainstream kind of audience or whatever right. it is i don't know how true or not true it is but somehow you know he he it's, takes it, very it, it's kind it, of a lazy film making right just you know clunk dialogue to explain it away or kind of thing or no, see see the, the thing is dialogue to explain it away is not a problem dialogue mm-hmm. to explain a wormhole just before a wormhole is a problem yeah you're talking about it at at the start see the whole point of a screenplay is to make things appear as unexpected and as invisible as possible mm so 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 the idea is that that you should not like like give away things uh, uh you know at, just before they, you should plant them throughout right. so that when right. they come up later the audience is already they have been it should incepted. be a call back it's yeah they they all the audience has already been incepted with the with the idea so to speak right. so it's like you know that inception has already happened i like the pun. so there should be a, like like it should be it should there should be a call back and i feel mm. that that sometimes uh, uh you know doesn't happen as much as as, as this guy right. but but you know what yeah he, he he he's the guy uh i i i wish he, he had a rough time with tenet because uh uh you know it opened during the pandemic it was supposed mm. to be the movie that 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 hope that you know showed people that the box office would come again yeah. it was supposed to be the master of of uh, of hollywood uh, hollywood mm. uh, but you know it it got it got screwed in america because most theaters didn't open i mean it did respectably mm. but nothing like what a christopher nolan movie was supposed to be and uh, uh, and i think it, it its reviews were also pretty mixed it's like a, yeah. a, a, I, i'm not I, i don't think it really got a it's a, the same like a, i have the same view i have a mixed view for tenet uh, first of all i have to get through the story and understand it but that's a that's a different story but for me don't you think that is his usp right nolan's point that the selling point of nolan movie is is audience get audience have to find out what the story is right right but then see i'll i'll give an example of a space movie which i love you know mm. alfonso cuarón's uh, gravity yeah i love that movie okay because that's a very complex story on the one hand it's just a story of this lost astronaut who has to get back to earth mm. right but on the other 
but the subtext is that a grieving person for a grieving person the space journey and getting back becomes a form of therapy that mm-hmm. helps her uh like 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 expunge the grief out of a system and and uh, that 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 whole thing i think that's brilliant because on the one hand you have a traditional space movie where oh my god i'm getting lost my whatever sat nav is not working whatever not whatever whatever is not working is not working but you know oh my how am i going to do something i have to repair this the radio controller is not something or something jammed whatever but that's just the surface right it's like the subtext is all about this grieving uh, is she like has she lost a daughter or something it's like yeah. a, Uh, you know yeah, so yeah, yeah. so that's the the grief that 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 she has and that is the thing that she kind of overcomes and the last scene is sensational because she's almost like 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 primal man like primal human kind mm. she's picking herself out of the ocean and kind of walking uh, like like unsteadily out of that ooze you know uh, that's the that's the movie you know and right. it's done so beautifully because the there is george clooney is not not at any point saying uh, yeah i know you're grieving so therefore you know mm. that's not happening at all yeah that's what is 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 good for making so you have two levels of the movie playing for those who can understand or who are only interested in the surface level mm. th- the movie is a space adventure right those who want to go below and dig into a movie's themes and subtext and all that it's this it's a space adventure plus this yeah So I'm saying you can have both without explaining to audience. Gravity was a monster hit. It was like yeah. like like it, it played for a like freaking year or something in Chennai, if I remember right. It's like and a, the, the visual like, the visual symbolism in Gravity as well, right? For example, there is the scene where uh, the uh, the actress is floating as if she's in an embryo. Embryo, and, yeah, yeah, yeah. Even even in the in the climax, she comes out of the water as if life is coming out of the water. And coming both water. Yeah. both of those messages were conveyed without any lines. Any, Many lines. So, that, so I'm saying that I don't buy Nolan's uh, logic that the audience has to understand because mm. you know the audience either will understand or not understand. Yeah. See, right. like, like, like most, like most movies, commercial movies have to play on two levels. Mm. One is at the most basic level, and one is at the. I'll take one very very simple example, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, like a Bond movie. Right. now the recent daniel craig movies they become more serious and they've started examining things about uh you know being an assassin what the toll that it can take on you uh, mm. you know that kind of stuff and all that right but let's say you're not interested in any of that you can still watch it as a bond movie that that upper layer is still exists right because the set pieces are great you have action adventure you have all this kind of stuff so i'm like even if i don't want to tax my brains it's mm. still working yeah now yeah. that for me is a very perfect kind of uh, uh commercial film writing where the film yeah. works on this double level one level is for the uninitiated they mm. just want that surface pleasure of a movie i'm going i don't want to like i'm going to relax i don't want to use my brains i'm just going to sit and right. like i'm going to come back mm-hmm. so it's entertaining at that level it's also entertaining for those who are like I'm I'm going to a movie because I want to engage with the movie. I want to converse with the movie. I want to like dig like, into the subtext. A perfect example would be Skyfall, right? Skyfall on 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 the level, it's a great action piece. And on on the on the level that you're talking about, the deeper level, it's like it's examining if Bond is even relevant in today's times. Is he even exactly, needed? Exactly. Exactly. Right? So, yeah, because that is the that is the that is the thing that's happening. Yeah. And even if if Nolan explains so much, there still will be people who don't get it. Mm. So I'm saying he's kind of making his own movies a little. uh uh you know he's kind of devaluing those films by by so much of like explanation right so 
I'm not saying that there should not be dialogue. There should not be something. This, to some extent, you are working in a commercial medium. To some mm. extent, all this is kind of important. Right. But I feel that 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 overdoing things. Mm. That's what's really, uh, uh, you know. Right. And as as his career progresses, do you think he's becoming less of a storyteller and becoming more of a great planner, right? And and probably the 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 planning of the plot and the way the things come together in the end is 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 what is really uh, more visible in the movies as 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 the career goes by. For example, Interstellar, Dunkirk is a good example of you know uh, convoluted timelines which all come together in the end. Do you think he's becoming a good planner and losing his storytelling part? See. planning is a part of storytelling you cannot mm-hmm. you cannot like write a story without some kind of overall diagram or plan in mind you know it's right. like a, a that, that so I, i i wouldn't call the planning but i know what you mean so so for me what what uh, i'm interested in or make some one part of me that likes him is really worried is like like yes you've done you're doing this permutations and combinations of marking around the time right mm. uh like every movie of yours is kind of doing this time thing or 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 whatever it is past present past present this this that in 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 uh, in, in dunkirk the movie is kind of actually doing things in three timelines uh yeah. uh but but somehow when i see dunkirk right i'm not i'm not i'm not into the movie mm-hmm. i'm sitting back and i'm uh like enjoying a uh like a kind of a like a, like i'm so i'm looking from a distance i'm not really into the movie whereas when i see prestige my 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 head is saying oh my god what a brilliant bit of plotting and this and that and all that and my heart is going out to all the characters and saying oh my god i wish this something happened i wish this guy doesn't lose i wish this guy doesn't die i wish this person is alive whatever you know right. so like like that that head and heart engagement is happening in prestige mm-hmm. in in memento in memento is like it's brilliant because he's yeah. doing the time yeah. thing like like from back to front and you're with you're lost like that person because mm-hmm. you're like you're you you want that guy to like like you know find out who he is what happened you know not lose that that little phone number that he's got or whatever it is it's brilliant yeah but these later movies i have i have like i'm very detached to them it's like i'm enjoying the the clockworkness of these movies mm. but i'm not really getting into these movies like a like a like like okay you died okay whatever yeah. you lived okay whatever it's not right. that that the big surge of emotion is not happening to me so yeah and I, and 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 i'm and i'm like i'm one person who, you know i love crying at the movies i love mm. laughing at the movies i love that emotional impact right that that's not happening to me with with his films They're you like anyways a, don't laugh at nolan's movies sir uh, so let's skip that yeah, <laughs> and, yeah that's true yeah that's true yeah and um tell me this you you were writing about uh, the problem of making ev- uh, seem ev- making everything seem greater than it is right like uh, uh, in the in your interstellar piece and it kind of took me to a reference where uh, tarkovsky once uh, said regarding space odyssey that you know why is this landing of a spaceship a big event in the movie it is supposed to be a routine thing that is supposed to happen every day why is why is the um, commercialism of american cinema highlighting it as one of the biggest thing to ever happen with this loud grand music and is is that happening with nolan as well like for example entering the wormhole in in interstellar it's it should be a run in the mill entry right uh, but it it's just grandified to to uh, to make it look like one of the best scenes uh, ever and it is a great scene and uh, what, what's the comment to that yeah 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 
see, I think it's it's one. There are two answers to this question. One is mm-hmm. just the way Hollywood likes to present things versus the way Tarkovsky is an extreme example of when you look at Solaris, you don't even think it's science fiction. It's like yeah. it's almost like it's a it's in the realm of dreams or you know mm-hmm. that that kind of a thing. It's not even like sci-fi. You know, mm-hmm. uh, it's almost like about the subconscious. You think of it as that kind of a movie. It's not. Mm-hmm. I would like even though technically it is sci-fi. Like mm-hmm. I don't look at it as sci-fi. Whereas when when you look at the spaceship docking and all that in uh, 2001, uh, I don't think you have to also look at time. See, in uh, 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 it is not. You have to look at the fact that it's it's the late 60s, yeah, and the space age has just begun in the US, and uh, and you're looking at uh, how do I put it? Your you are what 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 Kubrick is doing is he's slowing down time. Mm. He's he's not showing you like this fast moving thing just like land there or whatever it is. He's slowly kind of you know showing you like 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 it's what it must be like. So he's making you feel space time. Right. He's making you feel what time is like in space. Mm-hmm. And I think that's the key to that sequence, not the fact that he's grandifying it or something like that. To, right. To kind of use the term. I think he's really making you feel the. the slowness the majesty of that of that space time mm-hmm. whereas when you look at it it's like what so if so he kind of slows you down to the extent that the rest of the movie he's acclimatizing you to the to the pace of that film so right. when that hostess when that when that stewardess kind of uh, uh you know she walks that half circle mm. she kind of like this she goes like this she goes like yeah. this she goes like 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 this then she enters or whatever it is there's no mm. need to show all that because it's like you you're you you already shown that it's kind of a thing you've already shown a man running like like you know uh, uh doing yeah. his jogging or whatever it is uh, on, on in a 360 uh, degree thing right. so there but but what it is is uh, kubrick is building that that rhythm into your system so that mm. you are slowed down and you watch the movie with this rhythm because that rhythm is what is going to drive the movie from then on there is even when when you look at hal dying the computer dying or yeah. rather when hal is being killed uh, mm. to kind of uh, a thing it's like it's such a slow sequence it's like you know don't kill me dave dave i'm dying dave you know it's a, it's not it's not like when you think of murder you yeah. think of oh my god one assassination something 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 so hap like like you know something so fast mm. but here he's slowing down time and and that's the beauty of the sequence and i'm very surprised tarkovsky said something like that because the point isn't the the grandiosity of the sequence at all the yeah. point is the slowing down of of everything right. and uh, 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 i i think and, but but i guess you know it's also the sensibility the hollywood sensibility versus the the stark russian Uh, right. uh sensibility but also I, generally speaking i would never trust in the sense of i would never take at face value what one filmmaker says about another because yeah. very often it's it comes out of a certain sense of competition or a certain sense of uh, somebody's gotten recognition for their space movie whereas mine is known as an art movie you know whereas yeah, yeah, that's yeah. a box office hit mm. so mm. you don't know it's a little confusing but i mean of course tarkovsky's solaris is great but you know that slows down time even more because it's yeah. like uh, that's a different trip altogether it's but a trip, yeah. but yeah so yeah so so i think what 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 nolan does in in that term see why the nolan kubrick comparison comes is because see kubrick basically is this never before never again kind of uh, filmmaker whether okay. you think of him as a genius or not that's a different matter mm-hmm. but he basically took 
like a whole bunch of genres and made one definitive movie in each genre yeah that to me is this man's success he right. he he kind of dived in so deeply into uh, the horror movie yes. the 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 war movie the the space movie the 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 whatever every 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 kind of uh, thing you're talking about uh, the historical barry linden uh, mm. you know every movie is some kind of uh, is some kind of uh like almost like a stripping down the 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 genre elements mm. and and rebuilding them in a way that only which is why i think many people when you tell them that uh, shining is a horror movie and you make them watch it for the first time they're like oh my god why is this so scary or something but that's not the point it's not mm. meant to make you scream or something like that the point is how he rebuilds the horror movie how he refashions the horror movie with with his uh uh with his eyes i right. think that's what the the shining thing is it's like a it's a, a thing and which is why stephen king hated it because he was like this doesn't resemble my book anymore because yeah. i wrote a horror horror mo- uh, uh, book and this is what has he done with my book yeah. but that's that so i think i think i think what what nolan tries to do sometimes is because he wants that respectability mm. uh so he tries to make things sound very profound and that profundity he undercuts and undercuts by having these banal lines of dialogue. see one thing i think we can all agree on is that man is not a great dialogue writer mm-hmm. i don't there are very very few sure. uh, uh lines of dialogue in his movie which actually stand out like like oh my god this is such a great line or something like that they're mm-hmm. all very functional very very simple explanatory explanatory kind of lines i i really don't think that there's too much going on where uh you know that you can call him so i think that's the real thing where you're talking about the kubrick versus nolan thing is like because he takes uh like like what should be a simple genre piece and mm. he wants to rebuild it just like kubrick rebuilt these right. things but then kubrick was doing things with different genres so each movie mm. seems different whereas this man is kind of trying to do the time thing in different uh uh genre so Stories, so yeah. in, in tenet is the james james bond uh, genre in mm. in interstellar is a sci-fi genre in uh in dunkirk it's a war movie uh in uh, you know so he's trying to yeah. do what kubrick did in in movie after movie right. but with a time thing sure and i and the time thing is becoming gimmicky for me because see mm. I, uh, see there are many filmmakers who made the same movie over and over again john ford essentially made westerns all his life sure. uh, most of it i mean, like i'm sure he i mean of course he made other movies also but i'm just saying genet generally yeah. like 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 when i'm saying all their life i mean about 90% of of what they did right uh my hitchcock made the same uh, kind of uh, suspense slash thriller all his life sure but when you look at each hitchcock movie uh the base may be same he loved to show this this, this trope of this innocent man on the run from the police mm. a man who's who's or uh, uh, like in the case of north by northwest a man who is mistaken to be somebody else sure. but but he's being chased for the wrong reasons basically either they're being chased for the wrong reasons or they're really innocent and they're thought of guilty or whatever it is that right. whole that was the basic one line yeah. but then movie after yeah. movie you don't feel the sameness mm. you don't feel the 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 because the uh, one one thing that hitchcock always did was he he always picked up short stories or books that interested him and translated them into sure. so it was always a literary property that but when you're thinking out of your own mind and and redoing something mm. i think that that this man has gotten to a point of like gimmickry you know like uh, where where i think his his genius for plotting and 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 kind of a thing mm. like i'm saying that nolan m- might do well to consider this like you basically 
think of this great plot you think of this thing and then you hand it over to a different screenwriter so that like they they kind of find their rhythms with it rather than it being uh, his own rhythms the, 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 the point the, yeah the point i'm uh, I, i wanted to make next was like uh, his characters were actually some interesting characters who were battling their own conflicts in the first few movies right but the later on his characters kind of became this plot devices only to further his ideas and you know just to show just it it they became uh, chess pieces to show how great his game is yeah that's a brilliant way of putting it chess pieces to show how brilliant his game is it's like mm-hmm. a and that's why i think it's 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 kind of uh, like i don't when i when i came out of dunkirk mm. it just struck me that i didn't remember one character like not one character stuck with me in terms of yeah. like like you know when when most movies finish you you use you, you follow them through the journey of one character right you mm-hmm. kind of uh, like take a basic example like saving private ryan uh yeah. you basically you say either madamon or uh, uh uh tom hanks one of them you you kind of follow through the movie and and kind of say oh mm. wow like that character really stuck in my head or sometimes it's a memorable supporting character that sticks in your head or sometimes in basically you take home people mm. see people always uh you know plot is the mechanism through which characters come to life right whereas for nolan its characters are the mechanism through which his plot is unfolded so the that's the difference so so he, yes at at a cerebral level it sounds like wow wonderful he's reinventing the basics of this thing yeah. but i can't walk home with the plot you know i i i walk home with characters they are the ones who register i don't know if you've seen this this web series called the queen's gambit but when uh-huh. you when you when you when you walk finish watching it you're like you want that girl to do all the like win sure. you know you want you're rooting for that for that girl that's your primal sure. thing sure. and and there are these other characters around you kind of like them you're laughing with them you're waiting oh my god i wish this guy i mean you're waiting for them to like oh i miss this guy he was not there in this episode maybe next episode mm. he'll come back because you know he was this funny presence or whatever it is those those characters are 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 like what are so that the plot remains invisible yeah. the characters are taking you through the plot Mm. whereas here is the reverse you're you're marveling at the plot yeah. but at the yeah. cost of the characters because it they are so basic that that beyond the point they they're like a uh like like you're not you're not giving me much like like you know you're giving me two and a half hours or two hours and 45 minutes of interstellar i would have liked that that brother sister father angle to be much more than what it is right now sure sure and you know not a, not in an emotional crying sense you know but mm. there's a lot that happens in a dynamic when a man shoots off into space and his family is left behind mm. right yeah. so you're reintroducing the girl when when she is the same age as when matthew mcconaughey left earth jessica chastain sure. when the sure, little sure. girl becomes sure. jessica chastain yeah. you're reintroducing her i mean why you why you waiting for like so much more time to get the brother back into the picture like mm. in a proper way you know when when she burns the crops and things like that and all that because so, because he's a chess piece he's a chess piece because he you you want that 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 thing to be set in motion mm. and therefore at that point you're kind of uh, uh, you know there and i think that's why see this is a very complicated thing because in our country most people you know they think only on polar terms right okay a movie either sucks or a movie rocks mm. uh, you know somebody an actor sucks or he rocks and like a, a director sucks or you movies are like people they're complicated right. uh, for me nolan is a guy who is a complicated emotion for me because 
I love a lot of what he does. I also don't like a lot of what he does. Mm. So I will never say that he's a bad filmmaker or he's an overrated filmmaker. Never. I will never say that. But at the same time, this cult kind of puzzles me because uh, it's almost like you can't say one one word against this man because it's like, oh my God, it's a movie. He's a filmmaker. Of course, he can take the criticism. He's like, I mean, isn't it enough that you have hundreds you, of people? Did, did you remember like that? Him? Did you remember that episode where uh, fans kind of blocked the critics of Dark Knight Rises and so yeah. on? Yeah, I'm like, why? What? What, how, what is this? This this need for universal acclaim? Just, mm. I mean, aren't you happy that there are many people like you whistling when when his name comes on or whatever? Like, right. what is the need for everybody to, and 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 that removes nuance from understanding because at mm. at, at like, uh, it is okay for a great director to have certain uh, blind spots. It's okay. I mean, yeah. that's what makes him human. Right. You know, just because Nolan has some faults doesn't take away the genius of his plotting or whatever it is. It's not like either or. It's not like he's a, you know, either a great guy or with no faults at all or a bad guy with nothing but faults. Hmm. Like everybody else, like every other filmmaker, like Hitchcock. Every like human Kubrick, being. No, and like Hitchcock, like Kubrick, hmm. like many other filmmakers, you anybody you take, like John Ford had a terrible, terrible taste in comedy. Just like, you know, you, you, you bring in these really weird comic characters at that is kind of a thing. But is he a great director? Absolutely. Mm. You know, because like that, there's, there's a sense of classic storytelling that you can just, you watch five John Ford movies, you'll really become a screenwriter. Sure. So it's, 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 it's this, this either or that really baffles me. It's like you either say that he's a goddamn genius with like zero uh, flaws or you say he's a hack. It's not. It's not that easy for sure, anybody, sure, sure. Sure. and it's certainly not easy for Chris Nolan. Mm. So, for, for further furthering a little minute hacks, talk about the women characters in in Christopher Nolan movies. Uh, are they like one of the most dullest characters? They are either killed or they are just there to further the the, the guy's grief. And uh, there is nothing powerful coming out of those characters. Or is there uh, maybe in Interstellar or not? What are your thoughts on that? See, Interstellar, you have a fairly uh, mm. powerful woman character, right? Because sure. she's like, uh, uh, she's the one who basically figures out the, the clue, yeah. so to speak. Yeah. Uh, and and uh, whereas the her brother is this guy who's just basically shown as a dumb guy who's a, who's just mm. like pretty much like not a science guy or whatever. Sure, it is. sure, it's sure. the daughter who's the thing. Uh, in, in 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 Inception, I thought he overdid that that longing for a loved one thing. Uh, yeah. With the you know small uh, character. character, yeah, she she kind of I, I thought I thought that was like it was nice up to a point, but the way it just went on, he he was treating it like a little French movie, you know, like and 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 mm. it, it just like it it was kind of getting in the way of the other movie because the other movie was so much kind of uh, more exciting, mm. and uh, and when you look at something like uh, like I don't know, Catwoman doesn't work for me. I don't I don't. Like that character is not written very, very interestingly. It's like, a, a, you know, she, the way the way she's brought in and all that. Uh, uh, I mean, I, I have a feeling that, that somehow he has this, like he's one of those guys who places his interest in the central characters who actually drive the plot forward. Right. The rest of the characters are pretty much flavor. So they don't really mm. uh, like a thing. Like, like, for instance, if you look at the Michael King character in Prestige, Sure. And the Michael Caine character in Interstellar, you'll see a clear difference. You love the guy in Prestige because he's like really, really like like almost like a father figure, you know, like a mentor, like a something, something, something. Sure. Whereas in Interstellar, what's he doing? Sure. 
excellent example so, moving on from there did you feel anything bollywoodish about christopher nolan in the sense that typical bollywood is dialogues right like love transcends through time and i won't leave you you come back here for love and all that it's just yeah 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 see again see that's that that seems like that because he's not a good dialogue writer mm. so the thing is when these are these are things that 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 love transfers through time whatever it is that sure. is the that is what should be conveyed mm. but the line should be written differently so that the line sounds good and you get this sense from it sure what he does is he takes that essence itself and makes it dialogue sure 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 got so you so that you. that that is why it sounds a little like like banal uh, uh, mm. you know with whatever it is it's it's like it sounds even cheesy sometimes because it's like yeah. i was watching uh, when i saw interstellar for the first time and i was like uh, you know uh, uh, that robert frost uh, uh, poem poem what is it is like uh, uh, do not go gentle into the do not go gently i'm like it's there in the movie some six seven times sure. i think i'm not i'm not mistaken i'm like wow you know you really want us to like get it you know like it, it's just like what is this this uh, uh, you know how many times then how many ways does it come in my god it's like yeah. uh, it's unrelenting and it's like he wants see i think part of him wants to treat it like a motif that's that's mm. coming but but it becomes in his hands these gentle things become very literal he's a literalist he can't let things float away now like for example uh, when you're looking at uh, like fellini for instance uh, there's a lot of his films that even though they are set in the real world they have a dream like texture they just float mm-hmm. you know like like the 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 scenes will just float because they have this dream like texture with with nolan inception he's inside a dream but it doesn't feel like a like the it feels so literal it doesn't feel like there are these uh, uh you know this 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 half awake half asleep kind of thing that's happening uh kind of it's, thing it's not it's it's not like you're in a you know sense sensory deprivation tank it's like you're in a machine you're in a machine you're you're being manipulated and mm. and that works to us to an extent and the set pieces are are really you know some of them are, are like mind boggling and mm. that's why we love hollywood right because they yeah. do these things so amazingly uh but yeah i i, I just i just i just like i think it's important that that these conversations are had about all filmmakers you know like sure. like for example you know you know there are so many filmmakers that we like and and it's not that they are they are ba- but everybody has things that 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 sometimes they are not able to pull off to their maximum and i think these are these are okay i mean it's not the end yeah. of the world i mean just yeah. because you think, like i think this comes from the fact that you know we try to deify filmmakers and sure. we want them to be gods you know and god means perfection so i'm saying why do we want to make god, filmmakers and actors gods it's yeah. like we treat them like like human beings and and when they succeed we succeed you know it's like a like like i i always find this in sports like you know in in australia india has a like a like a horrible defeat and oh my yeah. god this is the worst team ever something 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 mm-hmm, the very mm-hmm. next match they win and uh, oh my god you know india is like amazing amazing i mean the, the reactions are so extreme i'm like the same people were saying like like shit things about india like just yeah. one week back and now suddenly like you know they they're like oh the... so so part of it is also the fact that we're all very emotionally volatile people you know it's right. like we are we're all 
like like you yeah. know it, it's just uh, so driven by emotion that that you kind of don't uh, let's uh, let's know, let's uh, disturb that volatility with a couple of more little technical uh, nitpicks that i have one thing is the sound versus the dialogue audibility in nolan's films what's your comment on it is that deliberate what what can possibly be the logic behind that if it is deliberate so so i i don't know uh, see i don't know if it's deliberate uh, or he's just saying that it's deliberate because the mixing yeah. happens uh, i see because one one thing is i am always with the people mm. who say that the dialogue should be heard clearly for me that's important yes because you sound effects guys are important but let's say somebody standing like on a in the rain right mm-hmm. and they're speaking something that i need to hear yeah i need to hear what they say clearly despite the rain sound sure because otherwise i'm losing stuff and i'm getting very irritated because that person is saying something and i'm not hearing what they're saying sure so unless that person is babbling something and and the intentionally you're obscuring that babbling by saying that you know so it becomes a meta thing mm. unless that's happening if the person is saying something of note that drives the plot forward i need to i think know that yeah sure thing so i don't i don't agree with the with this whole meta the, thing the, yeah. you know that yeah. that that thing at all because then then if you can do that then why why not write a silent scene sure exactly right it's like why yeah. do i why do i need to have dialogue and then have it over overlaid with sound to the mm. extent that i cannot hear the dialogue properly right 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 so so then you what you're doing is i'm getting my best experience of that film only through subtitles mm-hmm. that's true true so uh, then i know exactly what's happening yep one last nitpick is uh, i do a little bit of editing and i i love the way he edits the parallel action scenes especially in the oh, climaxes yeah. Yeah. it's just brilliant the way he go cuts here and there i don't like the way he edits his fights you really don't see the punch land everything is so blurry and ex- obscure yeah. and and the only i remember one of the in the, the, I, don't, the i forget which which one of the batman movies had a crazy build up but the fight itself was so chaotic that you couldn't see who was where and it was just like a blur of action you know i forget uh, maybe dark knight rises if i'm not mistaken dark knight so, rises for me had the most decent fight scenes because you can actually see the bane punching and breaking, breaking this guy's back no, no, sorry sorry the second one the dark knight i think that's the, the one, uh, sorry yes. the, yeah i think that's that's the one where i'm talking about because see if you look at the difference between the way michael man stages the bank heist in heat yes versus the way nolan stages the bank heist in joker uh, with the joker mm. you you'll know what i'm talking about because in heat not only is it is it's it's, it's like i'm getting goosebumps as i talk because i just love that movie and and michael man is one of my all time favorite directors like pure directors is sure. not screen writers as much but as directors he is a he is a man who's so cinematic in his thinking that even as he stages stuff you're aware of the bank you know where everything mm. is you know where things are coming you know when they're stepping out of the bank you know which way the cops are coming you know how the shootout is happening you know which side of the road they are on you know how he is running the cutting and the action is so in sync sure. that you are completely aware of it whereas in the joker scene you're kind of it's 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 a it's a chaos and and some defend defenders will say well the joker is about chaos and so this chaos is mirroring that chaos or whatever it is but i don't know you know sometimes in an action scene you want to feel that you're in the action you are right. uh, that's why i think i think i think the like to go back to that thing the james one films i'll tell you the the one scene uh was it skyfall that begins with the with the with that with that mexican 
that that day of the dead or something like this is yeah this no the, the next the next the next uh, james bond movie the oh god It's, whatever it's yeah. yeah so so I, i saw it and i was like a little child in a candy shop you know because yeah. it's like first there's the big tracking shot at one shot that goes in that single shot and then he he goes inside kills somebody comes out on the parapet he starts walking 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 then a wall just falls and then there's a helicopter yeah. and i'm like oh my god just when you think a climax has, has happened for that action scene it mm. builds and it builds and it builds and i'm like i'm like so like i'm filled with utter glee you know because sure. i'm like wow this is amazing you know that kind of pleasure i've never gotten uh, uh, in nolan's uh, action scenes right so sure well sir this has been such a fascinating episode but before i let you go sir let let me please tell the importance of having a conversation like this because very few conversations are happening like this not only on nolan but on cult figures in general from any walk of life sport cinema cricket or like whatever right so why why should we have more conversations like this and why aren't the conversations happening see i think it's very important to have these conversations because one is it like it it depends on okay again again it depends on how you like cinema because if you're like like remember we talked about two layers right mm, sure. like if you just the, the superficial layer upper layer and i'm not judging people right because you are everybody's perfectly fine to take whatever they want yeah but 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 i think conversations like these help and i'm really thankful to you for for kind of like nudging me because you know like like an interviewer is very important in these cases like and the way you nudge people because your 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 it's it's basically helping you know both of us articulate our thoughts about a very important filmmaker of our times who's like undoubtedly the defining mainstream commercial filmmaker of our time Absolutely. but at the same time it's 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 important to realize some things that are i'm not doing this because i want christopher nolan to hear this and therefore change i mean like who am i right it's like that's not the point but the point is this exchange of ideas is 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 it kind of helps us kind of get, bring forth certain uh concepts of what we think is cinema mm. and because we are not just armchair watchers we are not just sitting in an armchair and relaxing and saying okay throw it at me whatever it is if i like it i'll watch it otherwise i'll look at my smartphone we are not like that Sure. we are very intense movie watchers because we'll want to get into it we want to see every second of it we get mm. irritated with the guy in the next seat or the girl in the next seat when he or she like you know flashes the phone yeah. uh, you know like like the phone goes on light or whatever it is it's like can't you yep. watch the movie like the rest of us why are you giving this extra source of light which mm. i can which is blinding the corner of my eye mm. so we are really like that and i think i think these conversations help to like like build these Uh, questions or whatever it is and i sure. and i think it's important because just like 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 some of this like the starkovsky helped me uh, articulate that kubrick thing you know mm, i think mm. i think those those kinds of things are important to because one thing i definitely believe is that uh, I, i and again this is maybe only me but i do believe that films exist on a historical continuum sure. it's like a uh, and it's especially like uh, you know so it's like it's not like nolan just erupted out of nowhere Mm. nolan draws from a tradition that came before him which came from a tradition before them which came from a tradition from before them so sure. it's like everybody builds on uh, you know that that famous saying standing on the shoulders of giants mm. uh, that is happening all the time so i think it's very important to have these conversations for both a uh, broader historical context as well as a deep down dive uh, into uh, a particular filmmaker and his particular uh, filmmaking 
Sure. And that is the note I'd like to end this podcast, sir. One one thing I'd like to tell my viewers, I was a Nolan cult boy, fanboy, but the, when I read Jim Emerson's piece in Roger Ebert's page about his, you know, too many uses of cuts in while editing a scene and all that. I'm having this conversation with you because I have read that piece like 10 years ago. And it's so important to read what something that is against the grain uh, of your popular belief or uh, you know opinion so, so that you can wider your horizons and that is what that is the point i'm trying to make and on that note sir thank you very very much for your gracious time i hope you had a great conversation i certainly did Enjoyed i had a great it. time thank you so much for having me and uh, let's do something else in the future sure hopefully thank you thank yeah. you very much thank yeah. you very much Thanks. listeners so till much. we see you next time with another episode bye everyone